Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 from the New King James Version. Here's what it says. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Notice a couple of things right here in the first verse. In fact, I didn't even finish the first verse yet, halfway through. First of all, he says, and Timothy, our brother. And you'll notice, as I pointed out the last time in 1 Corinthians, that a number of the letters of Paul were not just written by Paul himself. He is seemingly the primary author of the book. But there are others there that very likely are interjecting some things that are being recorded here, and the Holy Spirit is using them. So it's not just the person we attributed it to only necessarily, and especially when Paul says, and Timothy, our brother. So Timothy is there with him while this letter is being written. And also notice Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Paul just establishes right at the beginning, not out of pride, not out of being braggadocious, but just to establish the reason I'm writing this letter and the reason why I'm going to address these things is because the will of God, it is the will of God for me to be an apostle and for me to do what I'm doing right now. And there's a confidence in him doing this. There's not an arrogance here. This is of the Holy Spirit. There's a confidence here and he's letting them know, I'm just doing my job here to come and encourage you, to instruct you, and such. So he goes on to say, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in all Achaia. So now he's enlarging this from just being all these house churches that are in the city of Corinth to all the saints who are in this region of Achaia. And he's saying, I'm writing this letter. Make sure that it spreads around, it circulates to everybody so that everybody can hear what I'm writing. Verse two, grace to you, which is a common uh, salutation or greeting that Paul gives, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Don't you love that? God is not a mean, heartless God. He's the Father of mercies. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. That word is just repeated a lot, and it's not finished yet. He's going to go on and repeat it a lot more. This first chapter of uh, 2 Corinthians is known uh, as a chapter of a lot of comfort, God speaking words of comfort, uh, encouraging hearts and such, wrapping his arms around the saints of God, so to speak, the father of mercies here. And so he's saying this comfort that I'm bringing to you in this letter is a comfort that originally comes from Father God. He's the father of all mercies and he's brought us comfort. But now we're relaying this comfort from him to you. 
Verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so also our consolation uh, abounds, or so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now notice he brings up suffering there, and he also brought up that God's comfort comforts us in tribulation. So when Paul is writing this, he is writing it from a setting or from a season of his life where he is experiencing tremendous tribulation, tremendous tribulation. He has had so many people attack him. In fact, we're going to get to it when we get to the 11th chapter of this book. And he's going to list off so many things that have happened to him. He's just trying to do his job, trying to follow the will of the Lord, trying to do his ministry, trying to preach the good news about Jesus to people, to get people born again so that they don't go to hell and they do go to heaven, and so that they can know the true and living God and have fellowship with him. He's trying to do something so good. You you can't get any better of an assignment and a role on this earth than to bring people back into relationship with God and to be saved and born again by the blood of Jesus. Paul says, that's what I'm trying to do. But oh, the resistance we mentioned in the last chapter uh, of uh, 1 Corinthians, the resistance and Satan's resistance. A great door has been opened to me, he said, and there are many adversaries. And now he's bringing that back up and saying, oh, God is comforting, comforting us because we are going through all this tribulation. And, and then he mentions the word suffering, suffering. We're going through suffering here. And so notice uh, verse six. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Now, you notice the word consolation here that we're reading. This is the same Greek word, though, as comfort. So he switches it from comfort and then he uses consolation. But in the Greek, it's the same word. That's why it's so helpful to go back and to be able to study the original languages to dig out some of these truths that sometimes the translation, including English translations, don't quite allow us to see. And so he says again in verse uh, 6, Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation or it is for your comfort and salvation. Paul said, the reason we're going through all this affliction, we could be, we could be home, we could just have our career, just making money, building our retirement, doing everything that people do to make their own lives comfortable. And he said, no, I'm not doing that. The reason why I'm suffering tribulation, the reason why I'm suffering affliction is because we're wanting to make you comfortable. We're wanting to bring the good news to you. We're wanting to bring the best life to you, not only eternal life, but the best of God, his promises on earth to you right now. And we want you to be saved. He said, that's why we're going through all of this. And really, Paul's saying it's worth it. It's worth it to go through this on your behalf and to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we're afflicted, verse 6, it is for your consolation or comfort and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. So he's saying this comfort that I'm bringing to you, he said, is effective so that you can also choose to go through the same kinds of suffering so that you can relay the gospel to other people. So he says, I'm inviting you to participate in the comfort we're receiving from God, but also to participate in the sufferings of not just living life for yourself, 
but living life to bless, to minister to people, to bring the word of God to people. Why? That they may be saved and that they may partake of the promises of God in this life while they're on their way to the afterlife. It goes on to say, or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. So he's saying whether we go through affliction or whether we're comforted, he said we're doing all of what we're doing so that it may be a blessing to you to be saved and to be comforted. Verse 7, and our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation or the comfort. He said, uh, we know this. He said, this is our hope, that you're not just going to partake of our suffering by doing your assignment, by laying your life down for the cause of Christ. He said, but you're also going to partake of the comfort that we receive from Father God. Verse 8, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia. He said, I don't want you to be unaware. He said, we've been through a horrible time. Uh, out to do our ministry. We've been through a horrible time in Asia. He goes on to say that we were burdened beyond measure. Listen to the language. This is not exaggeration because we know it's inspired of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, if he exaggerated, that's a form of a lie and God would not have been able to include this in scripture. But it says we were burdened beyond measure, talking about Paul and his companions. We're burdened beyond measure, above strength. What what does that mean? That means that we did not feel like we had the strength in and of ourselves to withstand or, or to keep going in the ministry because of what was coming against us. Above strength, so that we despaired even of life. He said we got to the point where we did not even know if we would be killed and we would even make it. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. He said, let me tell you how bad it got out preaching the gospel. And we know that Paul was stoned with stones at one point, but he was beaten and such. We'll get to it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. But he said, let me tell you how bad it got. He said, we despaired of life. He said, we got to the point where we were now putting our faith not so much in uh, being able to not be killed. We were putting our faith in God to raise us from the dead because we thought, oh, it's over. It's over. We're going to be killed right here. So we are already were adjusting our faith that God would raise us from the dead because we thought, It's over. Our life is over. Verse 10. Now watch this. Oh, I just love this. Talk about faith in the middle of disaster and even to where you believe uh, that, oh man, I think this is the end of my life. The persecution is so severe. It's the end of my life and we're just going to believe that God raises us from the dead. Listen to verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a death. So he's given the testimony now. God delivered us from that great death, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Oh, let me tell you, friends, don't miss this. This is so important. I mean, even if it gets so bad to where you despair even of your life and you believe, I think it's over. I think they're going to kill us. We're going to be martyrs for the cause of Christ. Paul said, look, let me give you a testimony. God delivered us, past tense. 
He does deliver us, present tense. And he goes on to say, and in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. He did, he does, and we believe he will still deliver us and sustain us and protect us so that we can fulfill our callings in Christ before we leave this earth. Such a powerful statement of faith. He did, he does, and he will. Praise God. Verse 11, you also helping together in prayer. Paul saying, I know that this wasn't just our faith. I know that there were others like you, Corinthians, who were praying for us, that thanks may be given by many uh, persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Paul saying, everybody should rejoice who was who were praying for us. Everybody should rejoice and be thankful that they were a part of this great deliverance. Verse 12, for our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly towards you. For we are not writing any other things to you than what you read or understand. Now I trust you will understand even to the end, as also you have understood us in part, that we are your boast, as you also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. He's saying there's coming a day when we're going to uh, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He said, and he said, we apostles that you supported should be your boast. We supported the Apostle Paul and all of his companions, those people that God had given to our church to teach us, to lead us, to serve us, to bless us, to comfort us. He said, we should be your boast that you were partnered with us and submitted to us and learned from us. He said, but you're also our boast that we have served you and given to you and blessed you and prayed over you and sown the word of God into you. And look at what God has done in, in all of you, the, the churches of Corinth and uh, the region of Achaia. He said, you're our boast. You're our boast. So he goes on to say now in verse 15, and this is the confidence I intended to come to you. Uh, this is the confidence I intended to come to you before that you might have a second benefit to pass by way of you to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you and be helped by you on my way to Judea. Now, we talked about this in 1 Corinthians, but this is typical of what Paul would do. He's not doing anything wrong. He's doing something right. This is the way it's meant to be. When he comes and ministers to them the word of God, well, then it's appropriate when people are being taught the word of God to respond with material giving. This is the way God set it up way back in the Old Testament law when people had Levites and the priest who would serve in the tabernacle and uh, serve and offer sacrifices on behalf of people and so on, prayers and such. Well, what did God have the other 11 tribes do? to bring their offerings, to bring their tithes, their first fruits and such, so that those who were serving in spiritual things would be taken care of in natural things. And Paul is saying the same thing. He said, he said, I'm giving you another opportunity because I'm coming back around to you again so that you can help me on my way to go further to another place in the ministry. Verse 17, therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? 
that with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. Now listen to this. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. And now a powerful verse. For all the promises of God in him, Jesus, are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Notice again, for all the promises of God. How many? (laughs) All of them. For all the promises of God, every promise in the word of God that applies to you, that applies to me. The answer from God is yes and amen. Well, we all know what yes means, approved. Uh, But what does amen mean? Well, amen means so be it or let it be done. So Paul is saying all the promises of God. When you read something that sounds too good to be true, you need to know if that applies to you in the word of God. In other words, if it's to a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then it applies to you. And he's saying you need to know this. All those promises, the answer is yes from God. And the answer is amen or let it be done. So be it. See, and so such a powerful a little verse there that explains to us and helps us to see these promises that seem too good to be true are true. And we should stand on them against what we see, against what we feel, against what we have experienced or what other people have experienced. Nope. We should believe God's promise. He's well able to bring his promises to pass. Verse 21. Now he who establishes establishes us with you is Christ and has anointed us is God. Let me read it again. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So the fact that God has sent the Holy Spirit to us and has put the Holy Spirit in our hearts as believers, that's a guarantee that he's going to complete everything that he promised. He's going to fulfill his promises to us. He sent the Holy Spirit. He would not have sent the Holy Spirit to be inside of us and with us if he didn't intend to keep his promises. Verse 23, moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you, I came no more to Corinth. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. Jerry Dearman